Hey, what's going on? Greetings and good day, and welcome to the 128th edition of Birds All Day. My name is Drew Fairservice, and we are here talking about your Toronto Blue Jays, who are, um, they're fine. Are they fine? That's fine. I mean, they're bad again. Well, they always were bad. They've never not been bad. Somebody, I, forget, I, I said this on the radio today, too, and I, I, I also said, I forget who it was, so I could give them credit, because I, I don't know who it was, but said that they, <laughs> they tweeted... They're very convincing when they lose. They're not very convincing when they win. I buy that. Yeah. I buy that. So That uh, might be every team ever that loses a game. Like, you know, when it's your team, you're like, uh, you're more con- you know, you're more convinced by the losses than the wins, but I don't know, I buy that. When I, when the Dodgers lose, it's I think it's the, the opposite. Yeah. I when the Dodgers so. lose, it's something of like a minor miracle. You're like, yeah. "Oh, look, the Dodgers lost. Something horrific must have happened." Uh, the Dodgers lose in a, in a freak instance, like, "Oh, the pit, their pitcher had a no-hitter going like for <laughs> yeah. nine complete yeah. innings and then they lost by some freak of nature." Uh, my name is Drew Ferris, and joining me as always, uh, old reliable. Mr. Andrew Stoughton, how are you? I'm okay. We are here together in the same room in the flesh, having uh having a time, having ourselves a time. We are watching a uh 20 odd year old baseball game that uh, as I understand it took uh, took more than six and a half hours to play six hours 39 minutes is what the the YouTube clip is it was in Jonah Carey's post uh, today on CBS about the time Tommy sort of got UP ejected uh, but there's a whole beautiful game around that one incident uh, I assume it's beautiful we watched two hours of it or I have drew came in at uh, at like the one hour mark, and it's still there's still a long way to go. It's a lot of 1989 baseball, a lot of 1989 uh, French commercials, which are wonderful, which have paid in terms of what's your time worth watching a uh, 30 year old baseball game or sorry, uh, 28 year old baseball game. Um, the time has been repaid in full by the by the ads that have so. run during this. Um, <laughs> Just seeing the Thompson's water seal ad that was literally like running until like three years ago, <laughs> like the exact same ad except with a different, more French-looking guy, presumably speaking French. Uh, there, the 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 variety of ads. Some of the ads were obviously shot in English and then dubbed into French. Some of the ads could not possibly be any more French than they already <laughs> that's are. Very true. Uh, and uh, it's just been a delight. It's been like a little time capsule. <laughs> it's just. Like, the beer, the beer commercials, they look like a Mitsu video. It's like they're very much not dubbed. There's there's a few Saint-Con commercials that have been wonderful. Some of us uh, came of age watching Mitsu videos, I think. Some, is, of, us, uh, some is... of us more than once. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the 1989 baseball aspect of it is all very hilarious. Alfredo Griffin, he of like the 500 career OPS, leading off for the Dodgers. Yeah. Uh, so the cool. players are very much smaller. Um, I can't... I know, his name might be Tom Fitzgerald, uh, the... The Expos catcher. I feel that was a Maple Leaf. Who? Tom Fitzgerald played for the Leafs in the oh, 80s. Oh, yeah, I, I don't know. There's a, there's a catcher for the Expos. I don't know who he is. Um, I would say that Russell Martin has 40 pounds on him. Just because the many of the players are smaller than now when they're all enormous. <laughs> well, they're not lifting in the offseason and, like, you know, doing... They're just, they're just hanging around, working at the hardware store... Mm-hmm. Drinking six packs and then they come and get into into their game shape. It's one of those kind of situations, I think. But I, I don't know. The training has obviously been part of it. But mm-hmm. then people did a lot of drugs there for a while. I mean, they're doing different kinds of drugs here in the 1989 version of baseball that we're seeing. I'm sure. Uh, I definitely think that the that the drugs thing more than anything just tipped everybody off. That like th- how you get there is important, but being strong is crucial. So be very strong all the time. Yeah, I feel you know Eddie Murray is playing first base for the Dodgers here. He's very large, um, but you don't see the big chests that the that the, a lot of the guys have now. They're all they're now they have huge chests and huge legs. Where some more spindly type dudes here. Uh, Cubs bench coach Dave Martinez is at the plate right now for the uh, Montreal Expos. Played center field. He had a, uh, a throw an attempt to catch a runner. And he hit him in the ass, uh, hit the shortstop in the ass <laughs> yeah. with his throw from center field. So. Good. Spike Owen, I believe, the shortstop. Spike Owen. And you know what? Uh, well, cocaine suppresses your appetite, I think. So that's that's. Well, there you go. All these skinny players. No right? doubt, no doubt. Um, so yeah, this is Birds All Day. We we don't usually talk about 1989 baseball games. <laughs> in, uh, it's much more entertaining than talking about the current Toronto Blue Jays, I think. Well, the Blue Jays are what they are. They hit six home runs the other day. That's kind of fun. 
right? Yeah, that was great. But they lost. They lost today here on Thursday get, in the afternoon. Get your get your sequencing down, Jays. Get get some of those home runs in some of these games. Well, you can't, you score can't a goddamn run. You can't control. Them. There's been a lot of bunts in this game. Larry Walker showed bunt earlier, yes, which was right, which yeah. was stupid. Um, and now someone else is bunting. Lenny Harris, who I think still might be playing, uh, is playing for the Dodgers here in this game. Uh, yeah, we're talking about the your Toronto Blue Jays as we always do on Birds All Day, where um, uh, where we're on iTunes and on Patreon and all that good stuff. So. Uh, if you're so inclined, check it out. Look us up. Find out what you need. Contribute if you can. And then we'll have ourselves a good time. Uh, the Blue Jays are not having a good time right now. Uh, they had a really rough series against Dave Martinez and his Chicago Cubs um, in Chicago. Although it looked like a lot of fun. It did, yeah. It looked, looked, looked like a lot of fun until uh, Roberto Osuna mangled that game. <laughs> did Was that Osuna's fault? What happened in that one? I mean... The well, he struck two guys out on pitches that went to the backstop. Oh, and ran with the Rafi Lopez was asleep yeah. at the wheel, right? Just completely bit. asleep at the wheel, but also just dazed from getting fucking clocked with balls all inning there. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I yeah, Osuna Osuna didn't look right. I I was I got I leapt to his defense a bit because it's like yeah, he got three outs before anybody scored. It's just two of those strikeouts were not fucking recorded. Uh, the pitches, I mean, two, one of the pitches was horrific. Like it was yeah, in the other batter's box. Oh it's, yeah, it's yeah, hard, it's, yeah. You can't, no, you can't put Lad on Lopez. So he's not, you know, blocking that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's bad. Roberto Osuna is a bit of an area of concern, I think, right now. Should have traded him. They should have traded him. Should have traded him at his peak. That was his peak value. Well, I mean, it, the year started out with Roberto Osuna concern about yeah. his performance and his health, and then it uh, moved on to. His uh, concern about his uh, mental well-being and his mental health, which um, thankfully has, well, hopefully, something that is under control, hasn't really been talked about a lot. Not like it's something that's going to be in the news every day. No, yeah. Uh, and it, it, it became a non-issue when he had that streak of, of a couple months where he was unhittable. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Made yeah. the All-Star team, did he not? He sure did. Uh, and I then now, but now he's not been quite as effective. And more notably, his velocity's down a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's still good. No, but I mean, his velocity's been down a little bit this year, too. And also, I don't know where they're at with the... Um, in the river, they had to sort of recalibrate the, the you know, where where velocities are because of the they changed from tra, from pitch effects to track man or whatever the fuck it is, uh, the new stat cast stuff. And so they were saying that they were picking, you know, it was picking up the ball some, you know, at the release point as opposed to, like, X number of feet in front of a guy, so the you know, so it looked like at the start of the year there was a bit of a spike in in terms of velocities. I don't know if that was necessarily, you know, sometimes they'll say that that's just the case in April anyway, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, 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 I think if you look at Osuna's velocity, so it, it's kind of been down all year, and we're like, why is he throwing so many sliders and and, and splitters and or whatever the fuck he's throwing, and mm-hmm. not going to the four seamer as much. Uh, and if you look at it, you know the uh, I wrote about this I think in my mailbag for Vice this week, which was uh, if you look at the pitch by pitch breakdown uh, that they have at Fangraphs, uh, his fucking four seamer has been getting torched. He's just been getting lit up on it. It's like it was like a fucking forty odd percent line drive rate, and and you know not good things have been happening when he was throwing his four seamer. Which per, you know I don't know if it's a chicken or egg thing, right? With the with the velocity, but obviously mm-hmm. that's why he's moving away from uh, from that and. Uh, you know, he's okay, maybe, but it may be the new normal. That's, I guess, what I kind of came around to, which is a bit of a scary thing. I could buy that, but also, I think we can always... I think the, 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 those two things are related. I mean, we can say the velocity is maybe overblown, but then when it's like, oh, his four-seamer is getting hit to shit, maybe the velocity concerns aren't overblown. Maybe yeah. there's something to them. And it's if, he, if he's able to pitch off of it, um, or maybe not pitch off of it as much as, as use it as like a... A bit of a change of pace or whatever, just something to keep them off the other pitches, keep them off the cutter and the slider. We'll see. But uh, I don't want to make too much out of... Um, uh, he's a reliever. He's a relief pitcher, right? I mean, he has. this has probably been his... In, I don't know. Has it been his worst season? Is that... Maybe... I, th- I think so, yeah. If you look at, you know, your ERAs. I, mean, I think the strikeouts are, are where they should be or better than they should be i think it's just, just going from memory but and no but no walks also right i think that's the other yeah I, I mean he's he's been effective he just hasn't been and he had that stretch for two or three months where he was untouchable mm-hmm. and now he's something else and it does seem it does seem a bit concerning uh because these are relievers these are guys who 
you know, our uh, what what is the word we always use? For volatile, really? yeah, or volatile. fungible, yeah. No. Both we use both words, but yeah, volatile. Like I don't know, it could it could all go away for them. I mean, that's that's not. I mean, that's talking a bit ridiculous, obviously, but it wouldn't be he wouldn't be the first guy who lost a couple miles per hour and then it all went sideways. I'm not saying that's what's happening, mm-hmm. uh, but he's he's a guy who's had a high workload. I know I kind of snarked at a tweet by. Uh, Mike Sun, Dr. Mike Sun, who does stuff for BP Toronto, who uh, right. uh, was talking about, how, he said his season should be over, he has nothing to play for, he has has had insane workloads the last couple of years, in which Mike, when Mike says workloads, he doesn't mean, you know, you just look at the innings pitched, uh, you know, he actually uh, calculates the uh, the stress of the the situation, the warming up, he tries to have like a holistic look at what is like what actually composes a workload. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's found that you know, high leverage reliever who's getting used as often as Osuna, uh, constitute it's a really high workload that that you know makes it comparable to uh, being in the rotation. I think that was, I think that was an argument that was being made about uh, you know, Aaron Sanchez maybe last year, like oh, it's about his workload. Oh, you gotta you make him a reliever. You can dial back his workload, and I think the counter to that would be: well, if you look at what actually goes into being a relief pitcher, that's not all that much. It's not so cut and dry, yeah, right? Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, so I think he knows what he's talking about when he says it's it's crazy workloads. That to me didn't that didn't move me. That doesn't move me. I don't think like that. He's you know if he was overworked in 2015. I, I mean if he's hurt, he's hurt. If he's not hurt, then mm-hmm. he's not. That's kind of where I'm at. But I also don't want to face the potential reality <laughs> if there is something wrong with him. It, it, it's it is entirely possible that he just could be you know losing a little bit of velocity. It happens. It happens it, to everybody. It sure does. Yeah. Um, looking at again, you can, you can kind of parse his numbers however you want. By ERA, it's the worst year of his career. By FIP, it's the best. Uh, maybe people are not necessarily in, uh, inclined to want to engage uh, with uh, with FIP with fielding independent pitching, which of course is just based on home runs and and, uh, and, walks. and and walks and strikeouts. He's done a good job of, of suppressing the home run this year. He's done a good job of uh, throwing strikes yeah. uh, and racking up strikeouts. Uh, you know, uh, baseball perspectives, he's his deserved run average DRA, yeah. uh, which again this year, this ranks as his best season by DRA. Uh, by which And then their value metric, which is based off of DRA, it's he's actually accumulated more um, warp than either of the last two years. So he's fine. But he's giving up more more balls are being hit on the ground, uh, not not necessarily again according to to Inside Edge or whatever he hasn't been getting hit harder by the buckets that are used you know publicly available. Right. Maybe you, again we could. Do you feel that's a problem with the Blue Jays the uh, the left side of the Blue Jays uh, infield at the moment? No, no. <laughs> I mean you could. I mean, there's a who's I talking about with this somebody today? Just a, oh, and like Dave Cameron made a point about how maybe infield defense is sort of not the the value is slightly declining as more and more guys hit hot fly balls and there's more and more strikeouts, so there's there are fewer opportunities, um, opportunities yeah. within the infield. Uh, perhaps judging by some of the other uh, numbers, if you again, if you want to really dig in and 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 get deep into what's going on with Roberto Osuna. Sometimes it's just sequencing, like you said the other day. The Jays hit six home runs in one game, and then none in the next. Maybe you want to spread them out. You'll do a little bit better. It doesn't work like that. Uh, maybe Osuna, uh, again, you got a couple weird bounces, a couple, you know, brain farts, and the next thing you know, you're you're taking an L instead of um, being dominant Roberto Osuna with another, with another shot. I, th- I think that's been the thing for him a couple times. I think the one in Chicago on the Sunday... You know, he was throwing pitches 10 feet in front of the plate a couple times, or at least once, and then, and mm. the, like you say, the strikeout in the opposite side, of, on the opposite side of the batter's box. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he didn't look, he didn't look great, and, and there have just been those weird things, but like, but yeah, like, like you said, like he, that, there was that concern, he had, like, mm-hmm. a neck thing coming out of the World Baseball Classic, and then it seemed like the velocity was a little bit weird, and then he suddenly got fucking unhittable again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the hope is that he'll just, uh... Snap back to it. I mean, I think it's easy for us to try to dress up his numbers a little bit because he had that stretch, and how much is that stretch carrying his season? Mm-hmm. Are we are? I, I think that while uh, Doctor Mike, Doctor Mike, he has a real professional name. We'll call him Doctor Mike for yeah, now. Yeah, okay, sure. Um, <laughs> uh, he may have a point about shutting him down, but also maybe the next six weeks is a, is a good uh, getting a good look at at how he is going to perform and how he's pitching and how 
you know, is the velocity a concern? Is shit happening to, to Roberto Osuna? Or is Roberto Osuna the source of the shit? Yeah. Um, it, it, it reminds me of something I read uh, quickly today. Uh, I, I'm gonna, I'll just pull it up. It was about... Um, about how teams can sort of evaluate uh, their progress, and it was it's a, it was a soccer um, story, a, a soccer uh, piece that Richard Whittle, your friend of mine, mm-hmm. shared. Richie fucking football. Richie yeah. fo- uh, Agro Richie, based on things that were said in our G chat today. But that's uh, <laughs> neither here nor there. But uh, it was really, to me, it was really interesting um, about basically how you can a team. A team can look at uh, here the twenty first club thing. Here's the four metrics boardrooms can use early in the season to make sense of the league table. It's what this thing is called. So it's based on points because that's obviously the the kind of metric of of the soccer. And so it's it's a uh, points. How many you expected? How many you deserved? And how many you need? So based on what your team's goals are for the year, you would say or at any given point you could say how many. Did we, did we expect to have at this point? How many um, have we achieved at this point? And how many do, do we need to achieve our, our expectations? Right. I think the Jays are at a point now where they are they can look at the club and, and start to, you know, if their expectation was they were going to compete for the division in the American League East, they're obviously falling short of that. It, you know, you, the thing you look at their play, yeah. I think more than anything, you look at their play and you say, what, what kind of record have the Jays deserved this year? And I don't think that anyone could argue that they deserve a better record than they've got. It's, no. They they don't. Yeah. I mean, you you made the point uh, refuting a column that was written um, to, <laughs> about how the Jays have had like what seven ninth inning blown uh, something bl- stupid blown like leaves. That, yeah. Like you know, the bullpen has really shut uh, let them down in some ways in that in that respect. And again, despite Roberto Osuna's greatness, the, the results have been much less positive than in the past. So you add half of those wins in or whatever, the Jays are in better shape. Mm-hmm. But at the same time. You have to start to think. Okay, where 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 is the shortcomings coming from in, in the team? Yeah. And is that a failure of team building, or is it just sort of the normal variance of of life? Right. And I think that there. I think you can look at the JCs and as it stands right now, as what you expect to come to the end of the year, and believe that a, some, a lot of it is 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 just player performance variance. A lot of it is player injury. That is kind of some of them. Be, yeah. You know, being unforeseen. But uh, I, I think if you are the Jays and you are drawing up plans for next year and, and trying to ch- chart out what are the how many wins do we need or what what is our expectation um, based on the talent that we have on hand, I think you can make a pretty sober assessment and say that they're not screwed beyond all recognition. No, they're not um, great. They're not great, but but again, seeing Josh Donaldson resume, yeah, being Josh Donaldson again is uh, is nice. That, uh, yeah, that's enormous. Uh, Assuming that fucking Aaron Sanchez will pitch more than however few games he's pitched mm-hmm. next year, would like that would have right there been a, those were your two wins above replacement leaders for the Blue Jays last year. Donaldson, yeah. I mean Donaldson has turned his season around. He a will bit. be the leader again. But yeah, but he's still. I mean, he's well short of where he was at this time last year and at this time the year before. Um, you know, which are marks that you can't expect anybody to get to, but still, mm-hmm. it did feel for. A number of months in the season when he, you know, even when he was off the DL, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you could get more out of him. Um, yeah, and then you got fucking dog shit out of Batista and, and Morales, who you're running out there every day. Uh, you know, as much as people like to complain about Goins and Barney, who are bad, who but who are, of course, they're bad, and the backup catchers are bad. I mean, that's you know. Those because, are, it comes down to Baptista and Morales and, and not having Sanchez and Donaldson not being the the way he was. And if, if those things change in a positive way, which, I mean, Batista's not going to be back, Morales, <laughs> they'd be hard-pressed, I think, to find a taker for him, but I would think they would be looking because that is a weird spot in terms of, uh, you know, Justin Smoke has changed that equation so much by not being dog shit, by being really By being good. one of the, just, <laughs> the yeah. best offensive seasons in Jays history. Yeah, um... You know, but yeah, I, I mean, if you like, those were those are things. Those are to me the four guys who you know had they been healthy slash performed even close to expectations, the season's completely different. I mean, and it gets easy to 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 talk about Osuna and nitpick the those losses from the bullpen or nitpick Rafi Lopez or Goins or Barney, etc. 
fucking Chris Coughlin running out there. And mm-hmm. But yeah, those those are really the spots. I think that's the, that's that's been the trouble. But that, those are spots that are fixable. Uh, at least, or at least one of them is the right field. You can get more than nothing out of right field next year, and if you eat that Morales money, you probably still do better too. Or you believe in him for long enough, and and you know, let him go out there and, and try to have a better year next year, and then if you know, be ready to cut bait when it becomes you know as clear as possible that it's not working. What's up, fam? Now, buying tickets to sports and concerts, it can be complicated, but there is a better and simpler way to buy, and a better way to buy that gets you the best deal possible. It is the SeatGeek app. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get your tickets to live events. I have it on my phone. It just takes a couple of taps. You can browse through concerts. You can browse through sporting events. It helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed, and there's nothing like seeing your favorite team or favorite musician. You know, the Blue Jays, they're back in it. I think the, we we're talking about this on this very podcast uh, about how the Jays, despite languishing all season and, and making us feel like the season is over, they have a legitimate chance. It's a time to want to go down to the Rogers Center, and SeatGeek is an incredible way to get yourself tickets there. And best of all, Birds All Day listeners get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code BIRDS today. That is BIRDS for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. The morale thing's really disappointing because, yeah. uh, you know, I coming into the season, I hoped and, and thought that, that Morales was going to provide, like, a stable presence at DH. Yeah. Um, unspectacular, and, but... but the, Like, I didn't expect a bunch of war. I didn't expect, the you know, Edwin, Edwin Encarnacion. Like, he's not going to give you anything on the base bats. He's not going to give you anything defensively. No. But, yeah, the bat just hasn't been there. He can't hit a fucking curveball to save his life. And, yeah, it's been bad. And it's too bad. Um, but I mean, I think between between Pierce and Smoke, assuming those guys are are around next year, if I'm the Blue Jays, you know, you don't necessarily need to, as you said, cut bait on Morales. But you feel that between those two guys, you can cover that position off if the opportunity yeah. ri- arises to yeah. indeed cut bait on him. Uh, but and then you can just work to. If I'm the front office, I'm working to upgrade the outfield um, yeah. while while I'm taking in uh, into consideration all of the sort of youngish guys that are none of them really look like they have a chance to be a maybe a standout you know Anthony Alford no, and yeah, Alfred people really like but yeah mm-hmm. I mean Pompey's just been so in the woods it's been tough to watch that because he had so much promise he fucking started 2015 ahead of fucking Kevin Pillar it was the start it was the opening day center fielder on that team it's true uh which speaking of <laughs> team building faults uh it ended up working out, obviously, but uh, but yeah, it's, uh, I you I, I don't that's why I kind of say about going into next year with Morales and being able to cut bait because then you'll have a better idea, or maybe maybe you have a good enough idea now of like what T. Oscar or whatever Hernandez is or Pompey, you know Alfred's just getting back to health. Guriel still needs more time because he was hurt this year. Um, you know, maybe some of those guys start to knock on the door, and that knock is going to come for Kendrys. It seems like that's 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 the guy. If you even keep him around, but I think you're right. You know, you've got to look at upgrading the outfield, and if Morales ends up behind Steve Pierce a lot of the time, so be it. Like your your team is better with Pierce at DH and and somebody else in the outfield. Well, it won't be that hard to make the team better. Like just do that one thing. The regrettable the regrettable reality is that you can't afford to keep. A Kendra Morales if he's not playing every day. True. No team in baseball well, in in this day and age. Billy Butler, that fucker, just 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 eat that money. No, exactly. Yeah, Billy yeah. Butler eat that money because you can't. They have the benches are so short. Yeah, true. If a guy can't play a position, he's useless. He's yeah, beyond useless. That's true. Uh, and it, you're, it's not the National League where you need to have a guy who can pinch hit or anything like that. If he's not playing every day, he's useless because. He doesn't run the bases. He has no value if he's not hitting the ball over the fence, unfortunately. And uh, again, uh, you don't you don't expect both he and Jose Bautista to crater um, or collapse as they have as a, at that a, at that stage of the aging curve where they are. But yeah. uh, you'd, you'd hope for a you know sort of a soft landing instead of just the complete fucking collapse. A know? gentle decline would be would be would have been acceptable. 
Um, again, with Bautista, you have um, he just not even not even two years ago he was in, uh, incredible. One of his uh, as good a year as he's as he's put up. I think it was a six win year in twenty fifteen, maybe six wins in twenty fourteen, but uh, whatever it was, something stupid like that. Yeah, I mean it was last year, and, and which is why last year we were able to rationalize what happened to him through the prism of the injuries, where it was yeah. like, okay, well, yeah, he didn't he didn't have the power numbers, he was still walking, but you know, toe issue, leg issue. I can believe that you know if they bring him back, there's a good chance that he's going to bounce back and and maybe not be the same guy he always was, but uh, mm-hmm. but that he'll uh, that he'll give you more than enough to justify the contract and that he has not. And he was healthy too. Yeah, he played 150 games, 155 games in one, 153 games in. He's been healthy this year too, and so there's really not a lot of excuses. It sucks. Well, it I sucks think... that it's it's coming to an end and it's going to end weird because he's such a great player for the franchise. But it's true. We're getting to that point, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Is there anything else we want to talk about with the Rays series? I mean, Tom Kohler? Yeah, he looked fine. I mean, Chris Rowley looked fine his first time around, too. But I, yeah. I think Kohler, I'm stealing, I don't know if it was Gideon or somebody on Jay's Twitter was like, yeah, I can see. Maybe it was you. Fuck. It was like, yeah, I can see why he's been an effective, you know, mid to backward end of the rotation starter before. Like He, he used to throw like, harder. Is that a, that's when he was he When he was... He was good. Well, he the, was decent for like three years. Like yeah. he starts a year for three years. Well, the like Marlins had like a big group of like him and Ivaldi and like all these right. different guys, and none of them really worked out. Ivaldi um, was a guy that threw a hundred, but it was straight as a pin. Yep. And uh, and Kohler was one of those guys that just they all threw super super hard, and he doesn't quite throw, throw quite as hard anymore. And it seems like I was kind of poking around through his Fangraphs page and stuff. I I used to watch him a little bit on the Marlins, not as much right. anymore. Um, but his changeup is a pitch that's been getting hit really hard. But, uh, but yeah, you know, you, if you can rush it up there at 94, sometimes, you know, touch 95 and, and mix a couple, a decent breaking ball in there. Yeah. It's easy to fall in love with that the first time you see it. For sure. The, I mean, but yes, that's, that's true. But also, I mean, we've talked about on here, like what the loss of a guy like Ari Dickey meant for this team this year, you know, a guy who would just soak up innings and be okay enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Kohler, I I feel is, you know, we'll see where it goes from here. But I think there's a chance that he is a cut above your Matt Latosas, your Casey Lawrences, those kind of guys. Like if, yeah. he's, if he's a guy who's legitimately going to be, you know, if he's going to be their fifth starter next year, that's that, that he could still be valuable be valuable because of those innings. If he's not dog shit like he was this year, which obviously if he's not throwing as hard as he used to be, uh, that could be a problem. But uh, putting him in that mix. So far, so good, and and I understand where they're going with that entirely. If he's a depth pickup, um, at least he's going to incrementally raise the floor a little bit on some of those depth guys, where yeah. with the Rowleys and Casey Lawrences and these more of the quad A types and now, guys yeah. who aren't. Established now you have to be better than Tom Kohler. Yeah, like yeah. yeah. Whereas being better than Casey Lawrence, mm-hmm. those are two different things. There is there is definitely. A difference there. So. Well, and I mean, again, I, I've used the example of the Dodgers, right? Where the Dodgers have just so many pitchers that they they cycle through right, in their yeah, starting yeah. line. They can afford to. They have it's an attractive place to go if you are a uh, yeah a, a, a free agent pitcher or a guy looking for a job because you can maybe tack on playoff money on the end for guaranteed playoff money. But uh, but the other thing is, um, uh, you know, that they have a they have a stable of starters and guys like. Kohler maybe can fit in uh, um, into the mix for the Jays. I was going somewhere else with this, but I forget where I was. <laughs> but but yeah, no, I, I think that your your point is a good one. You have to be better than Tom Kohler. Yeah, I um, think that's that, that's good for them. I, which is why I mean, he looks a lot like maybe a non tender guy, but I don't think he is. I think he's. I think this is a piece they're going to stick with. Oh, sorry. What I was going to say actually is. One of the reasons the Dodgers have that kind of depth is because they have a lot of high-risk pitchers in their mix, yeah. right? Between Brandon McCarthy and uh, and and uh, what's his name, Hyunjin uh, Ryu, and yep. and, uh, and and Rich Hill, and guys like that. They have lots of high-risk guys, and I think that Aaron Sanchez might be a high-risk guy as well. Ooh. Um, Yikes! He's been hurt a ton in his career. He has for, for a young guy with the lat shit that he had when he was, you know, yeah. on his first way up. I mean, it doesn't mean that he will always be hurt. It doesn't mean that he's soft or anything like no. that. But I mean, it's not elbow stuff or shoulder stuff. Which no, is good, right? But, yeah, but if he's suffering soft tissue injuries, here we are. I mean, yeah, 
It, is the blister a soft tissue injury? That's soft tissue. I guess technically it's not a broken is. bone. It's not a ligament that needs to be fucking replaced. It's a, it's okay. a nagging, uh, you know, injury that that isn't an indictment of him as of his physiology. It's just the yeah. The fact of the matter is he's missed a ton of time as a as a pro, yeah, as a big leaguer. So until he sh- for me until he shows you that he's not, treat him like he is. So if that means that having Tom Kohlers and maybe guys who are a little bit better, yeah, or or or, or who are again, you well, can keep raising that floor. Be better than Tom Kohler. Be better than whoever else it is that you're. After I mean, this is why you see them. You know, they're going after the Tom Pannone and and you know Rally is sticking around and coming up and Barucky and all these guys are are gonna ideally. I think this seems to be their plan is to be those guys to be this collection of AAA Kohlers who are going to be there to. Uh, to fill in when needed, and like yeah, and like I was saying, like we'd said before, like mm. it, it was so valuable to have a guy like Ari Dickey, as much as it was tough to watch at times, just because he because you know it it was easy to sort of scoff like oh he soaks up innings, it's like and then as soon as you lose a piece like that, you're like oh man, it would have been nice to Dickey have somebody who could soak up innings and Burley, yeah, that's right. I mean too, you yeah. go, Dick, the guys like Dickey and Burley were uh, were ideal for the 2015. Jays, where all they did was score runs and score runs on anybody and everyone, and they just put up tons of runs, and yeah. that's all you need to worry. And then, in, in by chance, you play a close game, then the bullpen is in better shape. Um, and then, 2016, of course, we saw the, a team that was driven by pitching and had incredible good fortune in terms of health and the yeah. starters, A, being very effective, but B, staying on the field. Yeah. And now we've got the worst of both worlds in that, in that the starting pitching isn't healthy and isn't particularly effective, and the offense is non existent. Um, it's still, I mean, they hit seven, six home runs the other day, but uh, it's still not what it was. Yeah, no, not definitely. what it was to carry the kind of pitching that they that they're getting. I mean, days. they do they do have a fucking hell of a shortstop right now. Though. Who the Toronto Blue Jays? Yeah, who's that? Ryan Goins? Uh Josh Donaldson. Oh yeah, Josh Donaldson. Well, there you go. Go. They not a lot, not a lot of balls hit on the ground. Make him play shortstop every day. I don't even care. Just play it every day. Whatever. With Bautista at third. Well, I mean, Aoki in center field. Like he's he not going to be there next year. I, I do. I like the idea of. I like that they're going with this because you know Tool is going to get hurt next year. If, if Donaldson is actually a guy who can play third or second, uh, shortstop for them a little bit, fucking right. If, I don't know. Then if you don't have to carry a Ryan Goins just to be the Tulo caddy who inevitably plays way too much. That is very good. I'm very okay with that. So we're looking at a future where there's going to, there will be a game. There will be a time where now it's Bautista playing third base. So next year it's going to be Russell Martin at third yeah. and Josh Johnson at short. That's okay. At some point. Danny Jansen needs his chance. Let's go. Get him behind that plate. Oh, dear God. Russell for third base. Let's He's tearing it up. Hitting it every but level. But the Jays, the, the, the two best pitchers are ground ball machines. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be an issue. Well, that's why that's why you got to think about what you're doing in the off season here. Uh, one one point I'll make, and then we'll move on, is is uh, the off season doesn't look like it seems pretty unlikely that any trades are going to come down. I mean, August trades are I feel like they come a little bit more out of out of the blue. Yes, I would. Um, say you know, the Red true. Sox traded for Rajay Davis uh, yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. The, the Kohler trade true. came out of nowhere. Yeah, the Kohler trade. I mean, he wasn't in the big leagues, though, was he? No, he wasn't. So. But that that came out of nowhere. You're right. Thank did, you. Did Gideon break that one? He's the he's. I honestly, I don't. He's even like know. Ken Rosenthal, but for uh, I was for like, dental students. <laughs> I was out. I was uh, and had to shuffle together something on my phone that was mildly coherent, not fully coherent. It was terrific. It was. I'm sure it was great. I'm sure it was. Um, moving on. Speaking of the off season, one of the things the Blue Jays are doing in the uh, ahead of this off season, it looks like they're. Getting a bunch of data. Yeah. Everything's a data point. Everything is a data point. You are a data point. I am a data point. Um, and it's easy to bristle at this and scoff at it because some of it feels a little uncomfortable. <laughs> the questions that they're asking about in-game music and what is your annual household income before tax. Uh, what were some of the other questions that, the, that have been asked? There's a bunch. Uh, you wrote a little bit about it. I did, yeah. Um, I, I, 
what, what's your what's your sense of it? Uh, yeah, it's a, they're gathering data. I mean, they there, there was a good comment actually on the thing that I wrote about it. Yes, I I was going to reference this very comment, but go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, well, no, it was just that it's you know they, these guys came in and they didn't really know who their fans are. They they're like okay, there's just this mass of people out here, but just didn't really you know could only understand them through their consumer choices basically because they had never i don't i assume i don't think the front office has ever done this before nor presumably would they under paul beeston walking around with his fucking no socks on no socks no email <laughs> uh, but uh so yeah i think it's it's they, they've they've gone out of their way to try to understand what the fan base is and if they sent it to you know i've seen people who got season tickets getting it but people who also only got flex packs people who you know, I think people who even got just single game tickets, you know, whoever is in their database of, of having bought uh, tickets off them, there there is a segment of them or, a, you know, a, a, some sort of representative sample that they've sent these surveys to to try to get information on, you know, what motivates them going out to the ballpark, what, you know, what they want the experience there to be. Uh, there's also, I, as I wrote, some sleight of hand going on, you know, it's like, it's like, oh, would you rather your owner be... Uh, be hands on or or hands off, which is sort of mm. an, an absurd. As I wrote in the piece, it's an absurd question because hands on you could be a, you could be a meddling terrible owner or, an, or a meddling incredible owner. You know, you could be Mike Illich and like uh, yeah, you know what? Screw it, go go get go just pay Miggy whatever he wants or you know, which you know maybe hasn't worked out as well as it could have in Detroit. But uh, I think by and large, people would look at the way that that team has been run. And be like, yeah, that owner's doing all right. That owner actually wants to win or wanted to win mm-hmm. before he died, which then, of course, he did. <laughs> but uh, and, and then the, you know the Orioles were the other way. There's other teams where, the, where it's the other way. Angelos is a god, by the way. We Angelos Peter Angelos gets all the wrong kind of shit. <laughs> you think so? Yeah. He's like a crazy labor lawyer. Like he's like the only Democrat of of, of like he's, <laughs> he has a soul. It just. Just because he looks like the Emperor from Star Wars and, and beefs with the Nationals all and, the time. And, you know, his fucking nepotism in the front office. and the, well, because it's a, I think that that's that's a good point. And I think it, it reflects... Because every thing that comes out about the way the Jays used to op- operate makes it look like a fucking joke. Mm-hmm. And, and Angelo's hiring his kids and doing... I think the thing we need to remember is, by and large, running a baseball team is a joke. It is a little bit. <laughs> it's, a, it's a joke. It's a joke to run a baseball team. Rogers never, obviously, Rogers is happy that they've got someone who takes it seriously. But it, it does, I'm sure there's still a lot of head padding going on. Yeah, like, whatever the total, you know, the, <laughs> the, the, the Blue Jays don't make or break Rogers' enormous business, right? Like, there's so much more tied up in cell phone bills and whatever else that right. it's just like yeah. a nice to have, such that they allowed Paul Beast and they brought him back. They gave him money. We're like, here, here, run your little black box where we don't know what, what goes on. Yeah. You don't know what goes on. We hope people show up. It gives us a chance to <laughs> slap ads up in front of their faces, gives us content for the TV. None of it matters because it's a joke. It's probably true. But now they're not running it like a joke. They're trying to run like as the, the word. If you've listened to this uh, show, Birds All Day, which of course is a patreoncom slash Birds All Day, and on iTunes, hey, well, well you done. can heard us talk about like they're trying to run it like a modern sports business. Yeah. And you uh, in your piece, you uh, aggregated some quotes from uh, from Mark Shapiro, where he said uh, his line was what, what was his line about? They want we want it to be the best bar in the city. Yeah. And and then in the same breath, he said. Uh, we want it to. We, you have the greatest family entertainment center. Yeah. So, and I think the comment <laughs> that I left is: it doesn't. You can have it be different things to different people. Yeah. As long as you're cognizant of th- that, those people are all are all there, and you give them both an opportunity to have their fun. Yeah, I think that's true. Uh, where as I think what we have kind of seen before has been, um, well, either a not trying to do anything, or trying to be everything to everyone. Like just like here's we'll make it as bland and as generic and as non-specific and try to avoid pissing off them as many people as we can. Yeah. Uh, and I, and that dates way back before. That's oh, that's you know, way before Beeston. That's sure. that's got a lot of uh, what's that the that ghoul that runs uh, Godfrey. Yeah. Yeah. Where they would just give tickets away <laughs> willy nilly, right? They were just handing <laughs> tickets away. So you said that ghoul. I'm like, oh yeah, Godfrey, <laughs> that fucking idiot. But they used to uh, Beeston's thing was they had to reestablish the value of, of the ticket yes. because the Rogers just used to hand them out. Yeah. Here you go. Come to the ballgame for free. It means nothing. Yeah. So they've done that because in that now, as we can, as we've seen, people are happily paying 
considerable sums yeah. to come to the game. Yeah, they're just they're getting it in line with what you know the secondary market is is saying basically. Like they, no, that's they, true. They, yeah. And that, I mean that's that is part of the what they've been doing in terms of turning it into a modern sports business mm-hmm. is you know looking at where their revenues uh, are being missed, their opportunities are being missed, like with the dynamic pricing, like with how you see ticket increases even after a dog shit season like this, and everybody's like, oh fuck, and it's like, but yeah people are going to pay it they're mm-hmm. they're adjusting to what the market reality is uh and also uh i don't know if i, I don't think i wrote about that in that one i wrote about that one this in, in my uh, josh donaldson piece is partly a lot of this is uh this is cba driven uh the the revenue sharing streams were cut off from the blue jays i i referenced in the athletic piece a quote from jason stark when the 2011 cba came out and said that the jays and the Nationals and a couple other teams were going to be the most impacted by the changes to the CBA because they eliminated the t- uh, teams in the 15 largest markets from getting any revenue sharing. They phased it out until 2016. So I'm not sure when the Jays fully stopped you know, getting any revenue sharing or being mm. eligible for it, but it was pretty fucking recent. And you've seen their response to it is, holy shit, we've got to find new revenue streams. We've got to you know actually take this stuff sort of seriously. And that's what Shapiro's kind of come in and been... Hired to do and is, and is doing, uh, and hopefully that you know that ends up getting plowed back into the team, because um, for a lot of years it seems like I mean more the Godfrey years than the Beast years, but it felt I think a lot of people would agree that they were just kind of being run to to get some of that revenue money to to do the creative accounting and to show that you know oh we're one of the leagues have nots give us some extra money and this was it was just sort of like a shell game they're playing uh, you know where mm-hmm. there's a baseball team involved in there somewhere but we're not going to forever hiding behind uh, the exchange rate yeah the like, oh, exchange sure. rate yeah. murders us yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. um okay well let me ask you some of these questions sure um the following traits or characteristics when you think about being a fan of the Toronto Blue Jays the Blue Jays has uh, the Blue Jays organization has management that's loyal to their team players and will stick with them through the ups and downs of their careers. Uh, that's not at all important, not very important, somewhat important, very important, or extremely important to you. The, that the management... Sticks with their team and players through the up and uh, through their yeah. ups and downs of their career. Mm. That's not important to me at all. No? I don't think so. It is a, it is a little bit. Mm-hmm. But if you're asking, you know, do I resign Jose Bautista? Do I think about how we get out from under the Troy Tulowitzki contract? I turn into the soul of school who's like... No, no, screw those guys. Like, like, get the team, make the team better. I, it's not about. I don't want. I don't want you to fucking hang on to Bautista for three more years just to watch, you know, just because he he belongs here. If, but I think a lot of people might think differently. I I think a little bit differently. It's it's a lot easier to think differently if he performs even a little bit better than this. <laughs> yes. Like this is at the now we're at the this is like the bottom end, um, of of you know, of, of where it's come becomes tenable to yeah. continue to play him every day. Uh, he deserves, he deserves, deserves a lot of credit for playing every day, for hitting leadoff, for moving around, doing the things that he does. But at the end of the day, he is not, he's not as always, I think it's always important to remember, especially at this stage of this season, but it's not as though he's, his money is prohibitive. It's not stopping them from doing anything. And it's, he's not blocking anyone. He's not stealing a job from anyone who could, be a key factor or a key player in the future of the Blue Jays at this stage. Right now, no. <laughs> Next year, maybe. Next year, maybe. But also, uh, the you know, if it's not about Batista, I mean, you, they they stuck with Justin Smoke, and that's paid off handsomely for them. They so, stuck with Jose Batista. They stuck with that by yeah. Nacional. That was different people, yeah, but they absolutely. those are the things that they did. Um, uh, next question is, uh, how has owners who reinvest in the team rather than taking profits for themselves, that's not at all important, not very important, somewhat important or very important? Yeah, no, that's uh, yeah, that's very important. I think it's very important. Yeah, I think like a thousand percent of the people who answered this should be saying it's very important. The team's going to make, like they make their money. The team, the, the investment is going yeah. to appreciate no matter how much, how yeah. it's run. If they never no make a how... cent for, you know, if they break even every year. The franchise value still went from when you bought it for 150 million ten years ago to whatever above a billion you'll one day sell it for. Thank you, Jeffrey Loria. Yeah. Uh, good owners keep their hands off the team and let the baseball people run things. Strongly disagree, disagree, neither agree or disagree. Agree, strongly agree. 
I mean, I strongly agree. You'd get the fuck out of the baseball operations department. Unless it's to give them money to do something that, like, you know, unless it's signing off on the Bautista thing this year. Like, it was, people seem to think that Eddie Rogers came to them and said, okay, you know, there'll be enough money there if you want to add this contract, but maybe not if you want to do something else. If an owner wants to do shit like that, I'm okay with it unless it's like, so do what I want you to do, right? Like, mm-hmm. I still want the baseball people running it. I, I, if my, I obviously strongly agree with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to know that the owners are going to be able to hear clearly the garbage trucks outside. The garbage trucks yeah. outside. <laughs> also, that they're well, the garbage truck. I, 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 if if uh, Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins come to the ownership with this is the business case for taking on salary to right. acquire whomever. This yeah. is the business case for spending prospect capital to acquire Sonny Gray. Whatever it might be, yeah. if they're going to listen to it and be able to just take it as a business case and not have their own, I'm Ed Rogers and I'm going to pretend like I know things about baseball that I can't possibly know. Yeah, um, I, I'm making personnel that's a, decisions. That's our job. Yes, that's our job. <laughs> um, I follow all Major League Baseball, not just the Blue Jays. Strongly disagree, disagree, neither agree or disagree, agree, strongly agree. You and I, not the target marker for this, this question. No, definitely not. Um I think the bulk of people will say that they disagree. Yeah. Um, I don't even strongly agree. I probably only just agree. I mean, I follow it in, in as much as I follow it. Yeah. But, I mean, you're out there watching. You're watching other games Watching the time. stupid Marlins. I, I find myself watching games to the point where, like, I question my entire life up <laughs> until that point. Well, the other night I was watching the Angels and the Rangers. And I was like, what have I done to deserve this? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not at that point. I'll, I'll flip on games and I've watched the standings and the stories and all that. But, yeah, I'm not. Pretty Jays focused over here. There's one more question here. So Andrew Robertson was the guy that sent uh, this to 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 us, to okay, you and yeah, I. Yeah. Uh, I know you had you had some other sources of people who were sharing this, yeah, this stuff around. Yeah, and stuff. Yeah. Um, but Andrew Robertson sent it to me and you. Uh, and his question was: When I go to a baseball game, I am more focused on the people I'm with and the atmosphere than the game itself. Yeah. I think that's an important question. Yes. And uh, I think that um, it will go a long way to to determining the the quality of the ballpark experience which is something that has been talked about quite a bit um obviously they made a bit of a concerted effort as the stands started to fill up to try to focus on it a little bit yeah but well uh, it will especially when they combine that when they filter for what are the people who make you know six figures as as their before tax income think about stuff like this yeah what are the people with uh with discretionary income or whatever the fuck you call it um yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting question. And it's a question, I like these others. I didn't like the survey. I don't like these questions. I don't like this question. Uh, because there are, there are times when I do both. There are times when I go with people who aren't baseball people, and, I, and, and it's like about being at a party, and then there's times where, you know, I have season tickets with my buddy Bo, and we're just like, there's just two of us, and we're watching the ball game, And that's one thing, but sometimes instead of sitting in those seats, we'll sit in the, we'll, in the flight deck with a bunch of people, and meet mm-hmm. up with people, and it's... I, so it's, I find it is a hard question to, to answer. Um, but then again, are you the target audience? Because I don't think so. Are, 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 is that they're, they're already getting my money. Yeah, and is that question answered to the person who is? So I think from their purposes is like, who who is the person with the discretionary income? Can we get them from a flex pack from a yeah. eight game flex pack to a forty? Can we get them from forty that, to I mean, one? And that is what I wrote about, and that is what is underlying all of this stuff all of mm-hmm. these fun survey questions are oh i'm i'm going to be able to shape how the atmosphere at the game is it's like yes you will but not in exactly oh oh you see you on the dugout and tommy lasorda is losing his mind also related to this um uh beyond that uh donald sutherland is at this game i don't know if, oh, if that was really? mentioned in jonas peach i haven't had peace i haven't had the chance to read it yet but uh, tommy lasorda is losing it as Yuppie is wearing pajamas and a, an Expo's <laughs> pillow and was sleeping on top of the, the Dodgers dugout. And Lasorda is livid. He has never been this mad since the last time, since he got since uh, an nutri- undercooked baked ziti since at the Alfredo's. Since uh, fucking ads got yanked. Or what, did, what did he do? He had the milkshake ads for a while. Yeah. I think... Oh, Yuppie's getting tossed. Yuppie just got the heap. Also uh, related, Yuppie's doppelganger, Bryn Smith, is on the mound for the Expos right now. One of the OG bearded baseball players. 
Well, this is a family podcast, so I can't say all the fucking swear words he's saying here. And also, uh... Tommy Lasorda not even, like, smirking through any of that. He was, like, legitimately angry. Well, were you here when, it, like, earlier on in the game, when we thought it was going to mm. happen, he's like, he's like, get that guy off the top of the dugout. Because, like, that, that was when Eddie Murray was going to eat an umpire. Because, he, because like, <laughs> like, Andres Galarraga, they called it, they said that he had caught the ball cleanly when it, on the replay, on the shitty 1980s, like, rewinding the beta fucking tape replay it looked like uh it looked like he trapped it or it looked like it bounced in into his glove and, like, and eddie murray was like he was lit he was livid but it wasn't a moment of being livid it was like five minutes into the argument and he was still screaming about but they let him go and they didn't throw him out there's a, i watched a video well today. he didn't walk behind the umpire and and say something under his breath so obviously there's a video i watched it was joey's it's on youtube it's joey Votto's most savage moments and there's those two moments where joey Votto like loses his mind in a way that's not really appealing it's kind of scary where joey Votto looks like he's going to murder people on the on the field um i don't know what else we got that's about it uh, you know they they i get the the same things that we've been saying are still true. They are on the outside looking in. Yeah. The odds are definitely stacked against them, but they still have nothing essentially but games against the people, the teams before them. Yeah. But those are it is a land of opportunity, and nothing more. Yeah. I mean they're fucked, but whatever. Yeah, there's lots of opportunity. <laughs> there is lots of opportunity. Uh, but yeah, I did, I did I did write about the Donaldson giving Donaldson a bunch of money this week. Oh yeah, that's a great I, idea. I don't know how your thoughts are on that. I had him getting like thirty-five million for like, you know, a thirty average annual value. I I wrote about how it would potentially fit into the salary structure of the of the team as they're as it's currently constituted given their commitments. And honestly, it's not as bad as you think. If you kind of backload it a little bit to ease out of the Tulo and Martin contracts, it's, you know, Tulo's year when he only makes $14 million is also the first year without Martin. So, you know, if you have Donaldson making $30 million that year, that's, you know, that's it's only two guys who are making, like, what is it, almost $50 million, but that's still 110 south of where you are right now. And you don't have any other commitments besides the guys who are in arbitration where, you know, Sanchez and Osuna, Stroman, ideally, are getting a little bit more expensive then, but they're still around. They're, they're, they're costly, but they're still in arbitration, so their salaries are suppressed. It, 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 it could work. It could, it could work. You could extend those guys, backload them, then extend Bo Bichette and Vlad Guerrero. You know, we're talking... I, I, I basically did fan fiction for, like, Blue Jays contracts for the next, like, 25 years. And Taz to the whiskey, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think I saw someone drop a Beltre. Yes, that was beautiful. On yeah. you. Yeah. So Adrian Beltre, when he was 32, signed a five-year, $96 million contract with the with the Rangers. Oh, fuck yeah. Which was six years ago, of course, uh, 2011. Yeah. Now, the inflation being what it is, I think that yeah. not only as the dollar inflation thing, but I think the there's, there's kind of term inflation as well. Like, I don't think five years is getting it done, even at 32. I don't, yeah. I, I, I had it for six, and I said it could maybe... So, I mean, yeah, five, four won't work, for sure. I could see six, yeah. I, I, I mean, I could see six if you do it, you know, because he's going... He has an arbitration year, right? Like, he signed the two-year deal when he went to arbitration. For so the, one year that... Uh, yeah. Super 2 went to the arbitration mm-hmm. for the second time. That's done. So now they have to go negotiate with him this winter. Uh, you want to... Yeah, and your idea is slap six-year deal in front of him. Yeah. For, I said one fifty. Probably that's high. Is but, it? Is it? Yeah. Because then he said, because if you if you do, that means he's giving you five years at one twenty five. Basically, yeah. Um, which I think which he could is, do better. Uh, yeah, but he, I mean, he'd have to wait a year. He'd have to be on the market with Machado and with Harper, and though actually in the piece I looked at that uh, that class, which is not as as scary good as it once looked. Um, there are a bunch of guys who, you know, as as happens, pitchers take uh, take steps back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I, I, it, and you know, you saw what happened. Jose Bautista could tell him what. Take the money. <laughs> yeah. get, Eric, get Eric Hitsky yeah. there in his ear. Get yeah. that money. Get it. Seriously, I mean, I don't know. I, he'll still be very valuable if he plays a year and he's even not mm-hmm. great. If he has another year like this one, if he has a year that's even worse than this, but I mean, I don't know. 
I, I think that there should be a number that they could find that works for both sides that says, this is enough for me to forego free agency and for the Blue Jays that says, this is enough for us going forward that we can still do everything else we want to do and then we get to keep this guy and that's an enormous win both on the field and off the field and that helps us sell this whole idea that, no, we're really not going to rebuild for the next couple of years. We're going to try to, to negotiate our way through all this and... Uh, and get to the other side of the Martin and Tulo contracts and mm-hmm. then really be there and really have young players in place and then really have uh, capital to spend to put towards really putting a championship team together. If you have a Donaldson and a Guerrero and a Stroman and Sanchez and Osuna, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. It's, I mean, like I say, it's fan fiction is what it ended up feeling like, but it's still, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it could work. Yeah, yeah, that can work. Meanwhile, both Manny Machado and Bryce Harper play for the Yankees with, with Greg Bird and Gary Sanchez and Aaron Judge and Luis Severino. Aaron Judge is bad now, don't forget. Oh, I forgot. Um, I mean, you don't want to... I think the Red Sox will probably be okay still, too. Yeah. There's, what's that second wild card? That's the thing. That's the difference. That's the difference from like people who are scarred by you know what happened between 2001 and 2015... Uh, who kind of came back to the game in the Ricciardi years and Halliday and and and, uh, uh, and or came to the game because they weren't as old as fucking we are. Uh, <laughs> that's the difference. I mean, the Jays were hopeless then because they were just outspent by those guys. Had they had that extra playoff spot in those years, I mean, I remember when they instituted the second wild card. A lot of people saying. Oh, but you can't you can't put a team together. You can't fight for the second wild card. Oh fuck yeah, you can. You can you can build your team to play for that second. I'll sell wild hope, card. however I need to. Damn right. I mean, I mean, look at how many markets are still engaged in this playoff race right now. I mean, it's absurd how bad the AL the AL is and how you know there's going to be a dog shit team that fucking sneaks into that second wild card game. Go Angels! But <laughs> Angels! But it's I don't know. But it's great, and that's it, I, I love it. Uh, as absurd as it is, you know, making a 162 game season about that that mm-hmm. argument, it's it's over. We, that the second wild card exists; it's there. Uh, but that is such an enormous difference uh, from now between now and the mid 2000s, because you know you can get you can get Machado and Harper and Judge and fucking all those guys on the Yankees, and you could have the Red Sox be the Red Sox, and there's still that little bubble of hope there too. Uh, as long as all the oh, as long as there's only one good team in every other division. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. As long as we don't, like so what? So we're competing with the Orioles and the Tigers and the, let the Yankees and the Red Sox run to the playoffs every year. That's fine. And the Rangers and the Angels. Rangers, Angels. Yeah, yeah. The Angels will never be good. The Mariners will never be good. Uh, why would the Why would the Angels ever be good? They don't. They don't have a good player locked in forever. Um, yeah, I mean, you don't you hey, you don't want to saddle any. You don't want to say okay, Josh Donaldson will sign you to a long term contract. Just be as good as. Hall of Famer Adrian Beltre. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but at the same time, fuck, he's better than Adrian Beltre. If there's, if if there was a player, definitely just to, said, to sign out loud, out loud with yeah. my mouth, my outside voice, I said that Josh Donaldson's better than Adrian Beltre. Yeah, well, give him a few years that are maybe not as bad as this one. He's got more eight. Wins His years. bad year where he has like four wins already. This stud. Anyway, um, yeah, I'm I'm for that. I, I it would be interesting to see. If it happens, and this, obviously, and this is this isn't like extending Vernon Wells. This is this a is an MVP. Elite. This is like this is a, a player on another level. And people, a lot of people will be like, "Oh, he gets those little injuries. I don't know about going." For, it's like fuck that. He's and, never been injured. This is the only year he's ever been hurt. <laughs> He'll, and oh, he's not as good when he's playing through injuries. Yeah, no, nobody is. There's going to be some risk. Yeah, believe it or not, when your team's giving 150 million dollars to a guy. There will be some risk involved, mm-hmm. uh, but if it's the difference between having a fucking incredible player and not, and you can make it work and not fuck up your team and be the Angels, uh, who still are making it work somehow, uh, then fuck. Do it. You know how Do they're making it work? They're making it by stealing money from Cole Calhoun. <laughs> by reaching into his pocket every night and taking money directly out and putting it back into Artie Moreno's pocket. As you know, it doesn't even go, it goes through Moreno. Goes right from Calhoun. Goes right to Pools. Pools is just like he he walks up and sticks a knife into Cole Calhoun's gut. Says, "Give me your fucking money," and he does. But at least he'll only be doing it for like six more years or whatever the fuck that. Hey, all-time career leader in grounded in double plays. Yeah, gonna break the record for the oldest ever major leaguer there soon too. I'm sure. (laughs) 
That's it. We've been Central going for a page while. is like 54, so Albert's got to be getting close. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, that's it. I don't know who they play. What's left? What's left on the sched? Who's coming to town? Anything? <laughs> should I know that? I probably should know that. No. No one cares about that. No. It's dark. It's, it's dark. Uh, the Twins. Oh, yeah, the Twins. Bartolo's going to pitch here. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> Bartolo is not funny. The Bartolo joke is... I'm done. I'm not done watching Bartolo get his fucking tits lit. That's true, and there is plenty of fuel for that fire. Kaboom! <laughs> oh, Alright, that's it. Uh, look at that red line. I spiked all over the... Uh, nice. <laughs> my my, my ex- <laughs> excitement over roasting Bartolo Colon. Uh, you got any parting shots? Anything else you need to add? No, soccer sucks, though. Is Ajax bad? Europa League final, and now they're not. Like, they didn't even get into the fucking Europa League. They fucking bounced out of the, the Champions League to Nice. They lost to fucking Rosenberg 1 0 at home in the first leg of their Europa League qualifier today, Thursday, when we're recording this, was the second leg in Trondheim or wherever the fucking Norway Rosenberg is. Nicholas Bentner scored a goal. They, they fucking. Ajax comes back, two goals in like the 61st minute. Like. Score, and then bam, score again. Wonderful, wonderful thing. And then they just pissed it away because they sold their best defender to Spurs and uh, didn't have anybody lined up to replace him. Overmar's out. Overmar's out. Yeah, well. Yeah. Lost 3-2 to Southampton on the weekend. West Ham's at the bottom of the table right now. Well, yeah. They're fine. Southampton, that's Virgil van Dyke territory. Let's uh, not going to get anything past that defense. Except for those good. two. Except for those two that with, <laughs> when they were down to ten men. That's only because Javier Hernandez is, is a machine. He's too... He's too he, would, he would be very fun to watch. I'm he's sure. not West Ham good. He's too good. He's oh, better he? than them, yeah. A lot, of, a lot of West Ham... West Ham good is something I'm getting wrapping my head around. It's like, like championship good. No, it's not championship okay. good. Okay. Out of my face. <laughs> Out of my face. Uh, my fizzy water take was very popular. People love wow. the fizzy waters, the, the Lacroix and the Polars. Oh, Lacroix is big these days. Yeah, mm. I, I I like to I like to keep up on what the kids are drinking. So yeah, I know about Lacroix a little bit. It's hard to find. Uh, I I know where a Whole Foods is. It's just it's it's close to where I work, but I'm not going all the way over. Look at Sean Dunstan. What an animal. Oh, these are great highlights here. Sean Dunstan just throwing off that showing off that hose. He was good. Uh, oh, one, another thing, randomly, mm. speaking of shortstops with crazy st- throwing arms, uh, somebody sent me something awesome today that uh, Andrelton Simmons played, he got his baseball start in Saskatchewan. Really? Yeah, he like randomly showed up at some like summer league, wood bat league team, and they, know, they didn't know anything about him and he couldn't hit, but he was like, I'm a shortstop in the late, like, so there, there he's playing, no idea what he's doing at the plate, it was, it was this little story That's that was in the crazy. Regina Leader Post. But yeah, it was just these guys are like, oh, I don't know what this guy is, and he just <laughs> threw like ninety-five miles an hour, and like they said, you could tell his arm was something special when they watching him throw all the way across the infield <laughs> because the first baseman was shitting himself probably, and because the... it hurt his hand, yeah, probably knocked him over, yeah. Uh, because Sam Miller wrote an amazing thing about Angel Simmons, right? Uh, one of the reasons why the Angels are uh, are playing very another well. Re- another reason, yeah, is uh, is Andrew Alton, who uh, is is free to swing for the fences and uh, play the shit. Best shortstop of all time, I think, is uh, not unfair to say. He's real good. He's real good. Uh, the Blue Jays had a guy who could have been that one time. Defensive shortstop. Yeah, Josh Donaldson. Yeah, Josh Donaldson. <laughs> <laughs> not, it's odd. Usually it's like the he, Josh Donaldson cares not for your defensive spectrum. He goes from catcher to third base, shortstop, center fielder of the future, Josh Donaldson. <laughs> sounds good. Yeah. I don't know how he runs. I don't know if I could see him running in the outfield. Yeah, when Vlad bumps him off third, obviously he's going to have to find another position. <laughs> Shortstop it is, I think. Well, because second base, he's got Bo Bichette locking it down next That's year. That's true. I'm staying by that. Next by that. year. I said it on this very podcast earlier this year that Bo Bichette's going to get some reps at second base in 2018, and I believe yeah, it. It's not impossible. Vlad is just tearing up the fucking Florida State League, right? It's, uh... what's, what's the double A going to do for those guys? Nothing. It'll take it'll take them a couple minutes to get used to it, and then yeah, they'll probably destroy it like they've done everywhere else. Hitters hit, baby girl. Woo. Hitters hit. All right, that's it for this edition of Birds All Day. Thank you for sticking with us. We're over an hour. Wow. Over an hour. Uh, hope you enjoy it when this comes out. Whenever on Friday, uh, if Stone's here and I'm here, it's gonna be late. 
Yeah. Uh, but my name is Drew Fantaris. Uh, he, he is Andrew Soden. Thank you very much for listening to Birds All Day. <laughs>